Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Good morning. Well, it is amazing to be here with you guys this morning. Um, I don't know if Ryan introduced us, but we are the the lead pastors here, and um, Ryan asked me to speak on Mother's Day, and so uh, first of all, happy Mother's Day. I know Ryan had said that before, but um, being a mom, I will say happy Mother's Day to you, (laughs) and um, knowing that how how much we are in the trenches for our children, and... um, how much it means to be a mom. So thank you guys for all that you do and who you are. And um, I have some extra communion up here, so if you guys see me, just take a swig of that. It's all right. (laughs) Um, But good morning, and I'm so glad to be here and speak to you guys this morning. Um, I do not have a traditional Mother's Day message because we are in Nehemiah, Um, but uh, the last couple of weeks we've been going through Nehemiah, and we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 3. And the past few weeks, um, Ryan, Pastor Ryan has done an incredible job of explaining Nehemiah and fasting and prayer. And um, I normally don't say that very much because I, uh, I don't want him to get a big head, so, you know. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm just kidding. He has done a, a great, fantastic job. And so we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 3, and we're going to go through verses... Um, 1 through 10, and I am reading in the NLT, so it might be a little bit different for you. But um, it says in chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, early the following spring in the month of Nassau, I don't know how to pronounce that, so just go with me, during the 20th year of King Xerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence, so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. I was, then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I be sad? Or how can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked, how long will you be gone? Then, and when will you return? After I told him him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province of wet west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through the territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. The king granted these requests because of the gracious hand of God was upon me. When I came to the governors of the province of the West Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them, and the king, should I, or I should add, had sent along an army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sabat and the 
Horadite, I don't know, I'm just going to go on. The Amorite offer, official heard of my travel. They were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are here today, God, and I pray that you would um, just open our ears and our hearts for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I'm going to be a little, a little bit honest this week, I, as I was um, looking through these, these uh, verses, I, like, it seemed like everything was like piling on. It seemed like every time I tried to look in and see what was going on here, it was like one thing after another was like adding up. So, you know, um, Sky, our lovely, lovely three-and-a-half-year-old, she, um, she needs Jesus. <laughs> and uh, she was testing mama bear and papa bear a little bit this week needless to say the grandparents came and um and so it was like everything our whole schedule was off this last week and um she was being um a little angel you know perfect little angel that she was and so every time I would go in to say something or to, to think about it you know Sky is is just grabbing my my pant leg don't leave mommy don't leave you know and I'm like I, it's gonna you're gonna be okay like daddy is capable of of handling you for a couple of hours and um and then you know Peyton he's just the cutest little gentleman 14 month old but, um, you know, he's a little clingy right now. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, it was, and then it just seemed like my mind was somewhere else. And I was like, God, you have to hone me in on these three verse, on, on these verses because, um, I don't want to do this without you and I need you to speak to me. And so, um, hopefully we set distractions aside and, and we hone in on what God is trying to say here. And so, I want us to, to look at these verses a little bit because they, they are pretty significant, and we can find out that in these verses there's a lot, a lot going on here. And we, we learned that a few weeks ago when Ryan had spoken that Nehemiah is in turmoil. He is, he is just wrecked because of what is happening in his homeland. His gates were destroyed, would let armies go in and just wreck wreck his homeland and just destroy it where his ancestors were buried. And so he's not okay with this. So he is going in and he is, um, he's in turmoil. He's like, God, something has to be done. And so we found out earlier on, um, when Ryan spoke, by the way, you know, if you guys get out in like 20 minutes before brunch, it's perfect, right? Because, um, Ryan tends to go a little bit longer and I'm like, we're here. We're done. So, um, so I apologize if it's a little early, but you know, Ryan, he um, he did offering, so he got his his chance to speak earlier. <laughs> he loves to speak, and he's really good at it. So, um, God has blessed him with that ability. Um, but so we see that Nehemiah, he's he's tore up, and so what I want us to point out that um, we are about to go on a uh, three week fast tomorrow. So we are on the eve of a fast. And if you are anything like me, I do not like fasting. Like it's, it's hard. And, um, in the past, you know, I've like been pregnant, you know, so I haven't really fasted food. So I've been blessed with that, but I'm not pregnant. So thank God. Um, but so like, I, I felt like God was telling me that I had to fast um, food for a certain amount of time throughout the day. And I'm like, I don't want to, I really don't want to. Can I fast like social media or something? And, um, 
And I really felt like he was telling me to do that, but I don't like it. <laughs> and so we are about to go on. We are at the eve of a fast for the next three weeks. And so we are expecting God to do some miraculous, miraculous things, right? And at least Ryan and I are very are expecting God to move. And so I want us to point out that we are about to go into God's throne room for the next three weeks. And we are much like Nehemiah. If you're anything like me, and maybe, maybe you're not, I don't know. We're all our own different person. But we, we are much like Nehemiah where if we have a burden that we are going into this throne room with God, it's tearing us up. So how many of you have filled out your fasting card or yet, or, or maybe you haven't yet, but there is a burden on that fasting card, correct? There is something that you are begging God to do. There's something that you are like, okay, God, I'm going to get serious because this has to happen in my life. I'm going to hear from you, and I'm not going to stop until I do. And so Nehemiah, he's going in. He's the cupbearer, so which means he has a little bit of a relationship with the king. He's going in, and, and the king notices that he's sad. So it's not like a normal thing for me, Nehemiah, to go in and to, to, be sad, to, to be sad. He was normally happy. You know, he was normally, um, his disposition when he went into the king, into the throne room, he was sad. And so the king notices that, and he asks him, like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And Nehemiah just lays it all out. But the first thing I want us to understand is it's okay to not be okay before God. It's okay for us to not be okay before God. Because sometimes there are things in our life where we just have to be real and we just have to be raw because we have to know that, God, you have to be in this. You have to do something before, for me. You have to do something about this. And it's okay to, to know that God cares for us. And it's okay to know that that we can go to the king of kings, to the most holy God, and we don't have to be okay. We don't have to have it all together. You know, as, as speaking as a mother's point of view and as a woman, obviously, um, there are things where we feel, sometimes we feel like we have to have it together. You know, we, have to, we feel like we, our children have to be on the best behavior when we meet somebody new or when we go somewhere new or, let's be honest, when we're just in the grocery store, right? Like, come on, just behave for me, right? <laughs> But, you know, we feel like we have to have it together. And then we look at these people on social media or these people that are just walking around, and we're like, wow, that person has it together. Wow, that mom has it together. Look, her kid's not screaming and crying. It's actually a funny story because this last week, Skye was throwing one of her um, famous fits, and she, um, she <laughs> is a little dramatic, okay? So I, I, am, I tend to like to stay away from drama. Like, I was a girl that was in high school, and um, I played sports and stuff, and I like to have more guy friends than I did girlfriends because the girls were just, they were a lot of drama, right? And so, um, but the Lord blessed me with this beautiful little girl that is just so much drama, and, um, and I'm not equipped for it. <laughs> but no, so we were walking into the store earlier this week, and um, Skye was perfectly fine, and then she tripped and fell on the way into the store, and then it was like a meltdown. It was like everybody was looking at me like I had just beat my child. Like she's screaming, so I'm holding Peyton. I'm trying to pick up, hold me, mama! So 
I'm trying to pick both of them up, and I have my purse. And so I'm walking into the store, and she's like, my arm hurts, my leg hurts. Am I going to be okay? Is it going to fall off? And so I'm like, you are fine. So she's crying this whole time. And so finally I said, Sky, listen, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You are okay. Like, you're going to live. And she just kind of, like, dried it up for, like, one second right as I go by this mom whose kid is throwing a fit, and she goes, why can't you be like that little girl and just sit down like that little girl? And I was like, oh, if she only knew the half of it, she was just throwing a fit. And so I just kind of like chuckled, and I looked at Skye, and I was like, you are so lucky you were just, she was like just drying up. And sure enough, we went down the corner and turned, and she's like, my arm hurts. Mommy, rub some cream on it. And I'm like, oh, my so anyways, we, per- we compare ourselves to people or, or to things, or we wish that something was different in our lives. And, and a lot of times we think that, it's, that we have to have it all together when we come to God. And the truth and the matter of the fact is that we don't. God loves us messy, and he loves us when we don't have it all together. And, you know, it, 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 we should be grateful knowing that we can come to God in those times when we are messy, in those times when our life is not together. We should be grateful, and we should come into that with, with a confidence, knowing that God cares, and he loves us, and he is for us. And many of us know these peaceful words that Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. How awesome is that? That we can come to God on the eve of a three-week fast. That we can come to God and we can say, God, this is what I'm carrying. This is a burden. This is what I've been losing sleep over. But you're going to do something in it. You're going to move. You're going to heal me. You're going to provide for me. And you are going to do things that I can never, uh, I could even not even dream, think, or imagine that you're going to go above and beyond. Jesus comes, sorry, Jesus encourages us to come to him when we feel most unworthy. We go before a worthy God when we feel like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to offer. I'm tired. My body hurts. I'm aching. My heart hurts. My head hurts. My back hurts. Everything hurts, but yet we can come to him knowing that he's there for us. And I know as many of us go before God in the next several weeks, the next three weeks, we go before God. I want us to have this attitude of God, I may be messy, I may not have it all together, but I believe that you are moving on my behalf. I believe that you are going to do it. The second thing that we see is we need to approach God with boldness and confidence. Nehemiah went before the king with a boldness because he had a burden so great that he would rather risk his life than ignore what God was going to ask him to do. I want you to understand that. When Nehemiah went into the presence of the king, if he was a little bit off, the king had authority to say, off with his head. The king had authority to throw him out. The king had authority to cut him off. And Nehemiah went in with the boldness and the confidence saying, okay, God, this is a burden, and I just can't get away from it. 
This is something that you're laying on my heart, and it is destroying my every move. It is destroying the way I think. It is destroying the way I feel, and you have to do something about it. But if I'm going to go into this king, and I'm going to give him his wine, you have to go before me. So we have to approach God with the boldness and confidence that God is going in before us. It was not a coincidence that Nehemiah seemed sad and the king was sitting there and he noticed that he was sad. It was God. And it was not a coincidence that Nehemiah, this particular day, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but this particular day, Nehemiah said, okay, God, this is destroying me. What is destroying us in our lives? Is it that lost loved one that you've been praying for? Is it that healing that you're asking God for? Is it that financial peace that you have been begging God to send? What is destroying us and what is making us come into the throne room of God like Nehemiah came in saying, okay, God, you have to move and you have to do something. Because our burden is too great for us to just ignore it. Nehemiah would rather risk his life than ignore that what God had laid on his heart. Sometimes our request to God seems... Um, so, so, so insignificant when you really think about what's going on in the world today. Sometimes um, I have to stop and think, you know, like there, there are people getting martyred every day for their faith. Hundreds, thousands in Nigeria right now as we speak. And I think, wow, God, they're risking their lives, and yet I'm asking you for this one simple little healing or this simple little request it seems so insignificant to the things that are going on and around our world. But the graciousness and the grace that God offers reminds us that nothing is too insignificant for him. Because even with everything going on in the world, if your child would come up to you and ask you, if they were super hungry and they haven't eaten all day, and they said, Mommy, can I have some food? Or Daddy, can I have some food? Your, your motherly or fatherly instinct would be to, okay, yes, you haven't eaten all day. Let's fix that problem. How much more do we think that our God, our creator, the one that made us, isn't concerned about what's going on in our lives? Is he concerned for those people? Absolutely. He's concerned for everybody that is getting persecuted by their faith, everybody that is standing in, in, in problems that seem to be so much bigger, and we should pray for them. And we need to beg God for them and protect them. But God is also concerned with us in our daily lives. And we can go with the boldness and the confidence that God is going before us. Sometimes our request to God needs to, needs to place us in a position where we would rather lose everything than ignore what God wants. That we would rather lose everything than ignore what God wants. Nehemiah, he risked it. He was saying, okay, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to go in, and if I lose, lose everything, at least I came in, and at least I was honest, and at least the king knows how I feel. The thing is, is God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring freedom. God wants to bring salvation. God wants to bring wholeness. And God wants us to come completely dependent on him and his healing power. 
And so no matter what we're going through, no matter what, how significant it may seem or how big it may seem, you're, you're, the obstacle that you're facing, the thing that you wrote on that card, those things that you wrote underneath, the four things that we have in this church that are going on in your life, they may seem huge to God. We have some requests that seem pretty big to God right now in our lives. Let's, um, let's think about this for a minute. One of the first things that we have on the church, is, on the church card is the church to be debt-free by the end of the month. That's three weeks away. Or two weeks. Two weeks. I don't know. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> um, that's two or three weeks away. That's a huge request. That is huge to be debt-free, this church to be debt-free by the end of this month. But... God is able to do exceedingly above and beyond whatever we can think or imagine. And God has given Pastor Ryan a word, and he has spoken to him and a burden for him to say, our church is going to be debt-free by the end of this month. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to do, but it's God. So when we think of something that's too big, that is huge. That is a big, big deal. But we have a pastor that is... Believing that God is going to do the impossible. So can we believe with him and myself that God is going to do the impossible? Because God is a God of the impossible. And so we're praying and we're believing and we're saying, God, you're going to show up. So plead with us and go before the throne room of God and say, God, we're going to be debt free. God, we're going to see boldness. God, we're going to see salvations. God, we're going to see growth. We are going to see all of these things and the power of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us every single day. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it's going to get done. So fasting and prayer brings us to a closeness of God. I've noticed that um, when I'm fasting and, pr- and praying and for God to do something, not once has he never do- not done anything. So if it hasn't been a huge request, then um, it's been something in my own personal life where I've needed to come closer to God. If it hasn't been a huge request I'm praying for. But I will tell you this, that every time that we have fasted and prayed, God has done miracles. Miracles, things that, that are just crazy. And um, uh, when I was, when I graduated uh, college, I stayed at the church that I was working with and as a, um, as a youth leader. And they had brought me on part-time, and then I was working at a daycare. And let's just say that daycares aren't really my thing. <laughs> and um, if you know me at all, you know that... Um, Sometimes children aren't my thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love kids, but only if they're mine. And um, <laughs> I was, like, pleading for God to, to I, I was like, God, please, I need to, I don't want to be at this daycare. You know, but they were working with my hours and, and at the church, and they were so gracious to me, and they were awesome to, to work with. And then eventually the church had brought me on full time, and then, um, and then started the phase of like, okay, so here's Pastor Amy. She's a full-time uh, youth pastor and master's commission. So I was doing both things and working closely with, um, with one of our other youth pastors and his wife. And they really helped to mentor me and shape me. But then it came to my point where all my friends were getting married. Like my roommate, she was getting married. And um, 
I had to find somewhere to live. So thankfully, my, my brother was uh, moving back in town and was working at another church. And so I lived with him for a while. But, you know, it's kind of like, okay, God, I'm like 25 and I'm not married and everybody in the church tries to hook me up with the single missionaries that come in and speak, you know, so it's like, they're all like, hey, what about this one? You want to go out? And I'm like, no, I don't. No, thank you. I don't need your help. And so I was praying and fasting many times of, okay, God, who do you have for me? And past relationships didn't work out. Thank God. And um, I remember one time I was in my room and I was just praying and I was like, God, you know, what, what do you have for me? Where, where's my next step? You know, if, if you're not, if I'm not going to get married, then okay, I got to be okay with, with being single and I'll do what you want me to do. And, um, and then I felt like the Lord said, you need to pray for your future husband right now, pray right now. And so I was like, okay, God, I will pray. So I started praying and I started praying for, for my future husband. And, um, during that time, Ryan was going through a lot Physically, emotionally, and probably mentally. There's always something mentally going on. Um, <laughs> just kidding, honey. I love you. Um, but he had just gotten into a car accident that was life-threatening where he almost lost his life and healing from it. And the Lord just told me to pray for him. Pray for him in the spirit. Just pray and pray and pray. And so I did. And then um, a few months later... Um, Ryan, the awkwardness that he is, came along and asked me awkwardly out, and it was just very awkward, but here we are today. <laughs> um, so it worked. But, you know, and then he, we sat down while we were dating, and he told me, like, during this, this time frame of what he was going through, and I just sat there, and I was like, God, this is crazy. Because the same time frame he was going through, that was the same time that God told me to pray for him. Which brings me to my third point. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. When we look at these verses, we see God, once again, is the great orchestrator of time. That once again, he has timed this perfectly. That once again, he has softened a king's heart. Once again, he has loosened up his mind. And once again, he has done what God, what only God can do. He's worked everything out in his perfect time. It's kind of funny because when you, when we read earlier, we said, we read that the queen was sitting beside him. And, um, we all know that with every great man, there's a great woman sitting beside them. <laughs> and so the queen was sitting beside him. And some scholars think that it was Queen Esther, that God had worked perfect timing throughout her and if this was queen esther that she was sitting there beside him and more than likely the grace that she had and the presence that she had softened the king's heart to have a little bit more compassion on nehemiah and normally the queen doesn't sit in there normally scholars say that when the queen is with the king it's a private event it's private so Nehemiah came in, and this was private, and he went before the king, and the queen was there, and God so graciously, I believe God so graciously used the queen and the king together at that perfect time, because why else would Nehemiah have mentioned that the queen was sitting there? He was in his presence every single day, and there were many times where he was in the presence of the king and the queen, but this specific day, this specific time, the queen was with him. And she was sitting there. 
And I don't believe it was coincidence. I believe that it was God's perfect timing. And I believe God's perfect timing went off in the mind of the king to say, what do you need? What can I do? How can I help? And not only did the king say, how can I help? But the king also granted Nehemiah um, protection. And he also granted him a free house and free wood to build the gates. So I want you to understand this. When we go before the king of kings and the Lord of lords and we ask him and we present a request to him, not only does he do it, but he does it more than what we think. And he will do it more than what we think. Because not only did Nehemiah get the, get the go-ahead to go to your, to your homeland, to go to your ancestors and to build the gates back up to protect your people, not only did he get the go-ahead, but the king said, I will send people to protect you. No one's going to hurt you. I will send things. I will send a letter with you to let you get free timber, to let you do and to let you accomplish what you are set out to do, to let you accomplish what God has burdened you to do. And I also think it's funny that people didn't like this. People didn't like it. There may be people that will be in your life that will oppose what God is trying to do in your life, that will say, you're crazy. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes Ryan comes to me and thinks I'm like, you're crazy, because <laughs> that's huge. But that's a shame on me because I should believe what God is trying to do and speaking through him. And so there may be people that will come, up, come along to you, come beside you. It could be people that you trust. It could be people you don't know. It could be someone that is like, God's not going to do that. Or it could be someone like, why is God blessing that person? They don't need to be blessed. I need to be blessed. Let God worry about that, and you worry about you and what God has called you to do. Because Nehemiah went on, he took his, his, the things that the king had given him, and he completed his task. But it also said, it also says at the very end that we read, is because the hand of God was on me. May the hand of God be on us. As we walk into these next three weeks, burdened with the things that God has laid on our heart, burdened with what God wants us to do, may the hand of God be placed upon us as we walk into him with saying, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm struggling with. Rorick, you can come up. May the hand of God be on us. As we say, God, I need you to move in this financial situation. May the hand of God be on us and go before us as we say, God, we are going to be debt-free by the end of this month. May the hand of God be upon us and go before us as we say and we proclaim the healing in our body. I don't know why God does some things when we ask him to do, and I don't know why he holds back. I do know that there are particular instances in my life that where if I would have asked God to do it right then and there, it would have been wrong. <laughs> and he held back. I prayed for a long time to get married, to have a husband. I prayed for uh, uh, many years. 
but I'm glad that God so graciously waited to the perfect timing. The perfect timing to get myself right for him. Because there are things that God needed to fix in me. There's things that God needed to break down in me. And there were things that God needed to fix in Ryan. And things that God needed to get rid of in Ryan before he could place us together. And I'm so thankful that God waited till the perfect time. I'm so thankful that he's so gracious to know exactly what we need when we need it. And I don't know a lot. Many of you are more seasoned than I am in your faith and your walk with Jesus. But I do know that every time I've fasted and I've prayed, and I've asked God to do something, he's given me an answer. And maybe wait, maybe not yet, and it may have been here. Right now, this is what's going to happen. And I know that as we go throughout these next few weeks, it's going to be hard. Um, I'm not looking forward <laughs> to some of the things. I know Ryan is super excited about not eating for three weeks. God bless him. Um, no, I am excited because I know that, that God's going to move. And I know that he's going to do something. And so I encourage you if, you, if you haven't talked with God to say, God, what am I fasting? God, what am I doing? What do you want me to do? I encourage you to do that because these three weeks are going to be awesome. We are going to see people healed. We are going to see people set free from burdens that they've been carrying around. We're going to see depression leave. We're going to see anxiety calmed and gone. We're going to see cancer out the door. We are going to see miracles that only the God in heaven can do. We are going to see these walls on this church be busting at the seams with people because people are hungry for what God is doing. But it starts with us and it starts with prayer. And it starts right here and right now.